Our, our adjective today is faithful. We're called to be faithful. But what does that mean? Before we read, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that we can gather here to worship you, to honor you. Uh, we pray your blessing on the students that are taking exams up in the gallery room and elsewhere in the building that you would give them a great time and great success and a real blessing today uh, as uh, they, they do their exams. Protect them from disruptions and, and just uh, bless them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to receive what you would give us today in the power of your Holy Spirit. And let your spirit rest on me to bring your word to your people. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. Well, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers of, uh, and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so faith apart from works is dead. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. When I was younger, there was a very popular question that we would ask ourselves to challenge ourselves, and it was this. If you were put on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If you were put on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you that you really were a Christian? And that question really cuts, I think, a little bit to the heart of the meaning of this passage and how James was challenging his hearers. He was challenging those who were, who were reading this letter from him about how they would live their lives. And he was saying, okay, if you really have faith, if you really are a person who says that you, you love Jesus, you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, then where's the evidence? You need to have some kind of evidence. This month, is uh, the 500th anniversary of the start of, or what's heralded as the start of the Protestant Reformation. Uh, actually, the Reformation started uh, a, a 150 years or more before Luther, uh, but that, uh, the, the official start, the official kickoff, was uh, on the, at the end of the month when 
uh, Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses. These were 95 things that he wanted to debate. He nailed them to the door of the church uh, in Wittenberg and said, okay, I want to debate these things. I want, I want to go after this. And so we are, we are in a, a great season of celebrating this 500th anniversary of arguably one of the greatest changes in the flow of church history uh, since the day of Pentecost up until that time. And yet, Martin Luther absolutely hated the book of James. He hated this letter. Uh, It was his opinion that it should be completely ripped out of the Bible and cast aside. Uh, And the reason, the primary reason, was this passage right here where James is challenging his hearers because Martin Luther would say, we are justified by grace through faith. You know, that, that's it. It's, it's faith alone. It's grace alone. Uh, and this faith alone, grace alone, was absolutely essential to Luther. And yet, here it seems that James is contradicting that. It almost seems on the surface of it that James is saying, no, well, in fact, it's not even on the surface of it. He says here very clearly, you see the person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And Luther hated that because it, it flew in the face of what Paul was saying or seemed to uh, and, and was really struggling. But I think that many times people like Luther actually misunderstood the foundations and the focus that James has here. Remember we said from the beginning, it's very clear that James is writing to believers. He's not writing to unbelievers. He's actually writing most likely to largely Jewish Christians who had grown up, who were accustomed to being thought of as believers in God. And so many of them would have thought, well, there's nothing more that we have to do. We're Jews. We believe in Jesus. That's it. And we can just live our lives the way that we want to live our lives. And it doesn't matter really what we do. And in fact, many of them probably had read the Apostle Paul, who said, you know, we're justified by, by faith alone uh, by grace alone, and they thought, okay, well, uh, we'll kick back and we won't do anything. And, and that kind of movement is even alive today. There are many people, many churches even today that are teaching that now that we've received Christ, now that we're justified, it doesn't matter what you do. You don't really have to obey. You don't really have to do anything. You can live your life the way you want to. If you want to sin, that's okay because you've already been justified, so just go ahead and sin. Uh, And there's others that say, you know, they become very legalistic and say, well, you know, we've got to obey these rules, but even if you obey the rules, you'll never know if you're really a Christian. And and so there's a lot of of teaching in the body of Christ today that would undermine people's sense of salvation and undermine people's faith and undermine the idea that we had to do anything. And certainly when Luther was reading this in the context that, uh, that he was in at the time, he thought, well, James is just arguing against everything that I've said. But that's not James. That's not really what he's saying here. Uh, and we need to dig deeper. And when we dig deeper, we can understand a little bit about what James is saying. Now, clearly, James says that Faith without works is dead. It's empty. It's meaningless. It's non-existent. In other words, for James, the very fundamental definition of faith is a trust in God that results in obedience. A trust in God 
that results in obedience. So James would say very clearly, and I believe that James would agree along with the Apostle Paul and along with Peter and along with John that we are saved by grace through faith and it's nothing that we do that saves us. There's no work that saves us and even the faith that we have itself is something that comes from God. I don't think that James is trying to disagree with this, but I do think that James is speaking into people who perhaps had grown lazy, who perhaps had not been really walking out their faith on a day-by-day basis, who are just assuming that, okay, now that I have faith, now that I believe, then there's nothing else that I have to do. And in that context, James says, no, yes, you might be saved by grace through faith, Yes, it might be faith alone and it might be grace alone, but if you say you have faith, it must emanate in some kind of work. There must be some outward working of the inward faith. Again, going to our question. If you were put on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough outward evidence by the way that you live your life to show that genuinely you are a follower of Jesus? And James is challenging people with that. And some people say, well, I, I, I believe, you know, I, I, I have faith. And James says, well, yeah, demons believe. You understand that, right? Demons know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that he rose bodily from the dead on the third day, that he ascended into heaven, and one day he's coming back. Demons know that. Demons know that Jesus Christ is, was born of a virgin. Jesus, demons know that Jesus is fully God and fully human. Jesus know, and they have, they believe this. They have faith that this is true about Jesus. We know that they know this because when we cast demons out in the name of Jesus, they flee. They wouldn't flee if they didn't know who Jesus really was. And this is the argument that James is making. So, in other words, you can say that you believe a lot of things, But if that claim to belief does not result in some kind of changed life, if it does not result in actually doing something to make a difference, if it doesn't result in actually stepping forward in obedience to God, then you cannot claim to have faith in the first place. And he uses the example, he says, you know, if somebody comes to you, uh, a brother or sister in Christ, and says, hey, I, I really need some food here, And you say, well, bless you in the name of Jesus. Go and be well fed then. But you have the money to help and you don't help. Then how can you say that you're a Christian? How can you say that you're really a brother or sister in Christ? In other words, if you're really a brother or sister in Christ, and you really see them as a brother or sister in Christ, then you will do something about it. Then you will live your life in a certain way. Then you will have certain actions that will support that. And this is what James was saying, that ultimately the call to live our lives is to live our lives in faithfulness. In other words, to live our lives in faith, in obedience to what God tells us to do. And we can see this argument, we can understand that this is the direction that James is going, that James is not intending to undermine salvation by faith alone, uh, salvation by grace alone. He's not undermining this by looking at the example of Abraham. And he goes on, he says, you want to be shown 
Faith apart from works is useless. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? And he said, oh, there you go. Luther was right. He's saying that Abraham was justified by works. But is that what he's saying? Look, you see, verse 22, that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. Faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. So when James is saying that faith without works is dead, he's saying, first of all, that if we are working, if we are doing, if we are doing things for the Lord, if we are living our lives in response to God, we can only do that when faith is active alongside of that. If I'm going to pray for a sick person and ask God to heal them, the only way I do that is if I have faith that God may, in fact, heal the person. Otherwise, it's empty. It's meaningless. If I tell somebody about Jesus and say that he's worthy of following him, the only reason I can do that is if there's some faith that's active alongside of what I'm doing. Even coming here on a Thursday afternoon, taking your lunch hour, taking the time to sacrifice to sit here and to listen to me preach week after week after week, takes some faith. Because I understand that you're not here because I'm a good preacher. You're here because God's a great God. And this is a way that you will honor him and want to grow in him. Why do you come? You come because there's a faith that's acting alongside the works. And that's what James is saying. Not that we're justified by works apart from faith, but that Our works, the outward demonstration of our lives, shows the inward faith that we have. And that happens alongside the works that we do. So faith was active alongside his works, along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. So to say that I have faith and then I do works demonstrates the fulfillment, the completion or the evidence of that faith. Uh, Let me give another example. Say that uh, I I received a letter, and and it's a genuine letter, it's hand-delivered to me, it's by the Queen. And Her Majesty the Queen, whom I love dearly and I pray for, and I ask God bless the Queen, uh, Her Majesty the Queen, she sends me a letter, she she hand-delivers it by, uh, she says, "Uh, uh, Harry, would you do us a favor, please? And, and so she takes, you know, Prince Harry comes, he hands me this letter, hey, this is from Grandma, uh, and, I, and I open the letter, and the Queen says, uh, I, I'm giving you a million pounds to bless City Temple. Uh, so come to uh, Buckingham Palace on Tuesday, uh, October 17th uh, at 10 a.m., and I'll give you the check. I can say, wow, oh, that's great. And it's from Harry, uh, and I have faith that this is absolutely from the Queen. Uh, I know that it's from the Queen, and I'm really excited. I'm going to get a million pounds. That's great. But what happens if I don't turn up on the 17th of October at 10 o'clock to collect it? It shows that I didn't have faith in the first place, that even though this had come from Harry, even though it had been signed by the Queen, that it was really from the Queen. But if I do turn up, 
at 10 o'clock on the 17th of October to collect the check, and she hands me the check, then my faith in her is completed by the fact that I responded. And that's what James is saying. He's saying that Abraham's faith was completed by the fact that he responded to the call of God to sacrifice Isaac. That was the clear demonstration, that was the clear demonstration that Abraham had faith. And that's a clear demonstration for us. Faith without works is dead. We need to be living out our lives in Jesus. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what we say we believe, it's actually meaningless. But at the same time, we can have confidence. I, I deal with a lot of Christians who, who walk in a sense of defeat. They say, oh, I'm a miserable Christian. I, I'm just no good. God doesn't love me. And on and on and on. And yet, every week they're worshiping the Lord. Every opportunity they get, they're sharing Jesus. Every opportunity they get, they're, they're giving, they're contributing. They're trying to bless other people. And James would say to those people, your work, what you are doing is actually evidence that you really do have faith, that you really are living out your life, that it's not something that's empty and something that's meaningless. And in so doing, James is not encouraging some kind of legalism. He's encouraging us into a faith-filled response to the love of God in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and rose from the dead so that we could have forgiveness of sins and new life. And through faith in him, we might be justified and we might live out and fulfill all the works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. And that's what it means for James, for us to be faithful. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for the love that you've shown us in your son, Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would show us all the evidence in our lives by what we do, how we live, Show us all the evidence that is there that really you have redeemed us and you have called us to walk with you. And I pray, Father God, that even as you stir us up to love and good works, that you'd stir up our faith and our faithfulness so that our lives might bring glory and honor to Jesus every single day at work, at home, in church, everywhere we are. We love you and we praise you. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.